on the screen. So we're going to be talking about these in a bit more detail later on. But what I can say is that we will be able to achieve many of these more or less successfully, but we will be able to achieve quite a lot of them. They're called SDGs in English, ODDs in French. So jurisdictions, we're here today at the uh, United Nations headquarters. So for the moment, we've got a kind of a pied-à-terre uh, so that we can build our foundation building in uh, Geneva. And that's thanks to the ambassador who's going to be helping us be because it's important for us to be able to uh, speak intelligently with the United Nations. So to conclude, I think what we're setting up here is the biggest philanthropic enterprise in the world. Now, this might appear to be pretentious, but what's been explained, when you see the number of fields covered, when you see the number of areas, because we'll cover the whole planet, I, I think that it's realistic. You know, the technical capabilities uh, of Thorian and Thea, remember I said I, I got these names mixed up, mean that we will be able to create this foundation and it will be a major world foundation. At least that's that's the hope. And we know that many, many people are expecting it. Uh, and Thorion will have to put the satellites up in the air first. Now, it's not a dream anymore. We our senses exist. They fly in aeroplanes, they um, take readings. So everything's ready, everything's been studied where everybody knows how to launch a satellite. So there's nothing really to halt the program. We haven't invented new super duper technologies. We've just taken the technology that already exists, different technology, we've put them together, we've tried to transform them into a smart system. So this is now an architectural monument of space. So the same route is going to lead to a great foundation that will improve the destiny of humanity So we often talk about the digital world and the physical world. Now it's true that today we've made great progress in the digital world, whether we're talking about our telephones, robotics in our factories or artificial intelligence. But it's also true that we've forgotten about whole sides of physics and their advantages because they didn't bring in money because they were too complicated because we didn't have enough financing. With Thea, we can go back to that logic and to, to, to develop the physical world, the world of physics. So there's a whole reservoir of prosperity and wealth out there. It simply needs to be exploited. So that and that reservoir is data, the data of the physical world. So Thea will not be able to process that alone. We'll need partners, searchers, researchers, scientists, universities, 
we will get to a point in time where we are the biggest organization recruiting people across the world. So it's not just a new technological project. We are a project for humanity. That's not bad, is it really? No, I think that this brings us to the end of uh, the presentation of the foundation. We, yes, Serge, perhaps we should have a quick break. Yes, I, I'm kind of running out of steam, but if you have any questions, perhaps uh, those questions should be asked now. No, we'll have 10 minutes, a 10 minute break, and then when we come back, we'll be able to ask questions. Thank you very much.
Ladies and gentlemen, to get started again. Manager, thank you. First is with And the agenda for 2030 of things all civil society up to the 20 by countries, civil society. University, academia, and sustainable development has evolved over back in focus. sustainable Speak of sustainable development. SDGs are adopted from focusing on social environmental less on economic action the the concept of sustainable development to implement sustainable so we uh, Green and 
MDGs are universal. The MDGs are basically developing are for everyone. Just developing countries. Countries. The economy covers objectives. The agenda. One goal. Goal. Education. Life on the action on goals. Created value. Highlighting. Can social and societal aspects by jeopardizing countries? Also, have a hundred sixty four hundred thirty out line in. Them up we create the majority of the political decision making and individual action some things are difficult to achieve consensus we have Agree on compromises. So it's very broad. But it leaves a lot of leeway for publication by players. And sometimes the indicators and the targets don't seem to pass. So players implementing are free to go in the direction they prefer. That's the seventh. We work on all these. What we find of the fact that it's even so collaborate. must cooperate. And for go on we have to involve sector example if big decision to leave out the population don't want to that people who benefit from this from the operations. Yeah, sure. 
So we have to take all players. This is about peace and prosperity for the planet. It's for people. And it's part of the it's and it's and societal Our audience, whether here or in the room or on WebEx, no questions. Continue. I'm hearing your voice when I'm working. Why not? Okay, concerning this slide, you have the SDGs, and then afterwards you have a, a judgment to be made, and going from uh, favorable to uh, unfavorable. In other words, concerning the contribution, if we look at uh, the uh, number 10, you'll see that our contribution is going to be rather minor. 16 and 17, however, we think that our contribution could be uh, very, very good. Okay. And I think that here we could, uh, in the other fields, we have to see where we can make a difference. In other words, earlier in my presentation, I was talking about how uh, the oceans would be very important for the future. And uh, here, we've given ourselves a five-star rating. Why? Well, because uh, we can follow all developments concerning the ocean in real time. And this will be a real agent for change, we'll be able to find solutions that we hadn't imagined previously. Now, Thorian's leadership has uh, calculated that there are 10 to 15% of the applications that we can use 
uh, on the basis of our uh, satellite network. So here, if we try to see where we think we are most highly performing, I mentioned 16. And uh, continuous observation and continuous early warning. Forecasting. It will all be a huge contribution to the cause of peace. Example, people who live in the Sahel, uh, it's already three times the size of Europe, by the way. Uh, well, say we're looking for a fly. Now the fly can hide, but with this system, we'll be able to spot that fly. And once we do, that fly won't be back. I think we'll be able to bring peace and security to a certain number of regions. I, now, kid, this is an easy to understand example. Same thing goes for forested areas. Where, let's say, airplane-based, aircraft-based observers uh, cannot always see, can't see movements of traffickers, poachers in the, in the uh, forests. Concerning number 17, partnerships. Well, we're building this uh, space network. A lot of remains to be done here. Uh, but the biggest challenge is imagination here. We're going to need the gray matter of all of the uh, people on the planet to help us. We have to imagine of what we can do. And this is a real source of job creation. Everything's going to be connected, automobiles, traffic systems, uh, energy flows, circulation. All of this means that we're going to be automatically uh, involved in all of this, but we're going to be able to do all of this aimed at a single goal. That's the whole idea of partnership here. Already mentioned this in terms of climate, but there's a lot more that can be done. We need to provide all our scientists with quality data. They'll be able to make better forecasts. They'll be able to better protect us. So this uh, number 17 is something that is very important, this uh, cooperation and partnership. The others, I think it's pretty self-evident what we can do. Now, in the others, well, we could go on and on, but uh, my point is this, our uh, our possibilities here uh, will apply to every field. And we're going to be able to I, really bring together the most vulnerable with the most intellectually able, thanks to these means of uh, total communication.
Now, what I've said previously is also very important because we're going to be able to communicate in all security. You know that cyber protection is very important, uh, and this is something that uh, we will be able to do because our architecture is going to be automatically extremely well protected. Now, we are capacity providers, but to implement our solutions, we're going to need the intelligence of the people that are working on the ground. And we're going to need the foot soldiers, in other words, people who are on the ground working, NGOs, uh, other national, supranational organizations. We provide capacity here, and it's at the service of everyone and at everyone's disposal. Now, I hope that uh, answers your question, uh, but let's just have the last slide here, please, because this I think is important. Well, anyway, the point is this, our technology, our architecture is going to lead to a change in mentalities. People will no longer be able to say, I didn't know. I wasn't able to do anything. I think that's the key point. What we're doing here is making this sea change. And that is fully in line with the United Nations uh, SDGs. We are, I think, going to be able to make a huge contribution in that respect. Now, as I said, there are some SDGs that uh, uh, have to do uh, with our uh, work here and others not. Uh, reducing inequalities, well, maybe. Uh, future cities, uh, sustainable and intelligent. Wow, there we can make a big contribution. We can act on all sorts of aspects of uh, operating cities and provide new solutions that are better, more efficient. Water. Now, water. Uh, we uh, are not really very good at desalinization and so on. However, with satellites, we can locate water. So we can help in terms of access to water. My message is this, we've got a toolbox. We can do all kinds of things with it. And you, you have these objectives, these goals, and we can put the two together. Health and well-being, okay. Uh, this isn't really uh, medical, but we can make a contribution in, in terms of that uh, SDG. Uh, not just a matter of hospitals and doctors. We're talking about diseases spreading, uh, st say starting in Africa and spreading. Uh, here we can give early warnings. 
so there's something we can do. Uh, so we're not very good at reducing inequalities, but peace and justice, I think we're very good there. What else is there? What other SDGs? Well, cyber cities, okay. If you have any other questions here, I'll be happy to answer. I, I'm not sure what else, what, what more I can I can say here that's really interesting. Thank you for that answer. I have a question concerning the environment. How could your project help in the field of predicting and detecting natural disasters. Well, concerning the environment, we we can we can follow the evolution of the environment. Now there are satellites, there are planes, but there isn't a real time system to keep us abreast of what's going on. What we can do is to provide real-time information on what's happening. In the case of deforestation, for example, we can uh, give warnings about this, the cutting, the trafficking of forests. Well, we can do this in other fields. Deforestation is often uh, due to other causes. Uh, one of them might be very poor soil, so we can also do soil analysis. We can tell people where to bring fertilizer, where to place fertilizer and so on. We can't replant the trees, so we can say where things need to be done. Well, the question had more to do with climate uh, and uh, extreme uh, weather events. Well, we've got an expert here who may wish to respond now or later. This afternoon I'll be speaking on this, but look, this satellite constellation is really going to provide us with real-time information on a 50 centimeter uh, scale of resolution. We won't be able to act when we're talking about natural disasters that we can't predict like earthquakes, but cyclones, things that we can make predictions on that we can forecast will be very efficient. We will be able to uh, help people uh, act more quickly and after the event to help those same people uh, carry out the necessary civil, uh, civil security uh, activities. Uh, but essentially it's more of a prevention than cure.
uh, Serge Morali who has just spoken uh, is uh, first of all leader of several uh, associations that have to do with uh, public uh, assistance perfect uh, to public response uh, he's worked in africa he's worked for axa insurance alima in africa and uh, he's currently considering joining our foundation as soon as he can. So he has a wealth of knowledge on natural disasters, necessary uh, re reactions to that, and so on. No one is more qualified than he to develop this activity. A question on partnerships. You mentioned uh, SDG 17. What about? 16 on peace justice institutions. How do you see uh, your work in partnership with different uh, actors and agents here and this uh, SDG? Well, crucial question. When it comes to partnerships, If we take a look at uh, the foundation, our partnerships uh, have to do with linking up with people that have different skills that we don't have. Take education, for example. We can uh, provide the means of communication, but we can't provide the content. So if the foundation has the means it will be able to invest in other activities as well. There's an, another case of partnership that's interesting. Partnership for technology. Now, we've talked about climate here. And the foundation is going to try to help everyone who's working on a better understanding of climate and extreme weather conditions. So climate's a part of that partnership, but also new technology is. And these new technologies are constantly being rolled out. Uh, connected cars, that's something that's going to come on the scene tomorrow, literally. We uh, will have a huge amount of data to be collected. That data will allow us to create algorithms in areas where we don't have them today. Uh, we already have this super spy called your portable phone that knows everything about you, what you buy, what you do, where you go, without you being aware of it. So AI has focused on behavior. We've seen the main lines of uh, how people behave. The second facet of this is the political and social side. And that side is still not at all 
being uh, looked at. We're going to look at the physical data of the world to draw conclusions that won't be used to make money for profit, but for the good of all. Take the example of desertification. We are providing a service to humanity by working in that field. We're not there to sell something. There are fields where we will make money, but it won't be in one like that. We're there to improve things. So these partnerships with new technologies, whether it's AI, with our new data, whether it's with that AI to develop certain capacities that we have, uh, and the areas that haven't been developed, uh, and we can do this by working with state-owned uh, bodies or universities, that will be able to uh, help us develop search engines for all of this new data. It's a huge field and it will create a lot of employment. Okay, I think I better understand the links between what you're doing and 16, SDG 16 and 17. In other words, you're going to provide the data And uh, you're going to be able to work with uh, certain state institutions for uh, using that data. What kind of data can you provide for those objectives? What sort of data would it? Well, so that one in particular, if we uh, take the example of Nigeria, we could provide uh, information to go to Nigeria on uh, how forests are being uh, used, uh, and if you want to curb crime, violence, terrorism, so on, uh, we can give them that information and allow them to be able to do that because security equals prosperity. Okay, that's a clear answer. Are there any other SDGs that uh, you would like to uh, talk about? Well, gender equality, you said that's not particularly an objective for you. But are there other goals here that you think you could make a, an impact? Or would there be a diff different way of tackling this uh, this goal? Well, we're at the gray zone here between uh, technology and morality. Uh, but concerning uh, gender equality, I think we would only make a relatively minor contribution, but maybe we've uh, badly uh, assessed the uh, possibility here. Well, might be able to help by when we see that women are employed in a certain field, but that's that's more circumstantial than than, than uh, substantial, I'd say. 
But if local governments request information here, we could help, but it's not something global and international, which is where we're usually acting. But if we can help, we'll do so. What about the collection and processing of data in general? Because it's difficult. You just said it's difficult to measure the impact on certain SDGs because uh, maybe because we're lacking uh, data. If I may, I'd like to take the floor. Uh, let me just add one thing with the Fondation Thea and the uh, technology that have, we're going to be able to do a lot of mapping of uh, uh, other SDGs, which aren't, let's say, the natural ones that might follow. Uh, we're going to be able to establish uh, corollaries between these. And secondly, a society that is going to be able to work towards these SDGs with us is going to be able to need to measure progress made towards those goals. Frédéric Moudos. Uh, the uh, IMAGINE project, Projet IMAGINE. Yes, these are systemic problems. And when I'm thinking of gender equality, which is a cross-cutting cross -cutting vision that uh, the UNET has been working on for many years, when I see the potential actions you can conduct on the ground, namely in education, the fact that you can work for uh, for isolated populations and make sure uh, these people can have proper education, then we can also implement drivers that will allow young girls to turn to scientific subjects and careers. We know this is a very important driver, very important lever. And there are not enough young girls who turn to scientific careers. And so this will be something that you can work on. And I'm sure there are avenues for that. And it's a virtual cycle that can really make a difference. Let me add something to pick up on what you said, Ms. Bedos. I'm UC Sadek. I work for AFC. So you're talking about the data and about sharing the data with governments at least, but uh, how will you facilitate the transition with the people who need it, like small farmers? Have you thought of methods for transferring the data? Will the small farmer be able to analyze the data or will they come pre-analyzed, pre-processed? Shall I take that? Let me answer the last part of the question, the easiest part. Uh, how, will the, uh, far, how will farmers receive the data? 
performers to uh, be in touch with us. They will have uh, a modem. And it's going he, and they'll receive a service. We will tell them uh, you're missing water or fertilizers. And so the data will be processed by us and provided to users as a service, a free service for farmers. To give you an example. To explain why we're doing this, it's part of the foundation's work to try and uh, reduce food scarcity so that everyone can eat. That's the uh, overall vision. And for farmers, perhaps in our economies, there's the uh, commercial version. We'll provide free information and then farmers can do what they want with it. If they want to order fertilizers, for instance, we can, we can help them buy it or they can buy it wherever they want. And this will lead to synergies and partnerships and trade. So that's pretty easy. The easy part of uh, the question. Now, as to gender equality, you are quite right. You said if we can access information education, then we can change mindsets and move to gender equality. We agree. The Thea Foundation has a lot on its plate, and it won't be able to do everything on site on the ground. You have studies, you have surveys showing that we have different levels in different countries. So it will require adapted responses adapted to every country and even every tribe. In Thea Thorian, we're a bit remote from that. Ask us for radars, uh, but we're a bit far from these concepts, but we can help you uh, bring them on site. That will be our added value. Our ability to help you spread your ideas, your education, your training around the world. Um, but I don't think we can do more for gender equality. Did I answer your question entirely? Yes, thank you. Any other question? Uh, me again, Frederick Bedos. When you find uh, how vast the promise is and how vast your tools are, if they're in good hands and they serve an ethical purpose, then it's wonderful, it's great. We realize these tools are so powerful that they should not fall into the wrong hands. We don't want some of this sensitive data to fall into the wrong hands because they could be misused. So do you have any safeguards in place? Thank you for doing kudos. We Yes, we already have legal safeguards, safeguards under law. You cannot use data for illegal, dangerous or terrorist purposes. So there's the law. And in this case, we're 
under American law. And then in the different countries, we'll also have the local laws. So that will give a framework. And then there's the uh, corporate ethics, the company ethics. The uh, purpose is not to set up a mafia organization by the world. The goal is to do good business and uh, support mankind going forward. And so these are it's an ethical purpose. So that's what we set up with foundation. Or oh, usually people make money and then set up foundation. We decided to do everything at the same time. You're right that if such a system were to fall into the wrong hands, it would be quite dangerous. But fortunately, our governments, our politicians, and are stupid and won't let that happen. Well, what I wanted to point out, I'm not doubting your ethics your company and uh, your leaders, but I wonder how you keep the data safe and secure all these resources provided to you. Uh, you're sure about your uh, data security system. We will be discussing this tomorrow again. It would be pretentious to say that we're invincible and that uh, our data is fully uh, secure. Of course, there can be faults. There can. Let me explain. The small farmer or the student in Africa used to was communicating with satellite directly. Quite simple, but I don't know how to uh, get into this link. It's not yet your cell phone or your internet. The direct links, point-to-point -point links are secure. So to get into that, uh, I mean, it's a, there's a limited risk of intrusion, and that's data uh, downloading and uploading. Second question, where's the data? In our architecture, our space architecture, the data will be stored in space with backup on land but the data will be uh, processed and stored in space. So data theft would have to happen in space. It's hard to access that. I'm not saying it's impossible, but right now we don't see how it could happen. Okay, maybe someday a wizard might think it up, like any technology. All the data we now use is encrypted and at the highest level of encryption. Of course, this uh, changes all the time. We'll have to uh, upgrade. But these are uh, tight uh, vehicles. Uh, so the risk is very small. The risk of intrusion and understanding that it is real. If I steal something from you that I can't read, I can't really use it. So that's the situation right now. Of course, we're still working on it. The American team will certainly give us further information. This is, of course, of concern to us. Why? Because we're seeing cyber crime on the rise everywhere. We cannot afford not to think about this and uh, how to improve protection. Being in space, is helpful for sure. It's easy to protect, it's easy to control, and it should really make life easier for us, but it's not everything, so we're going to keep thinking about it. So you're right to raise this question of data security. Right now we have encryption at the high at the high standard, reserve channels, point-to-point -point channels processing in space. 
it, there, there's no, you know, there's the middleman uh, problem. In our architecture, everything will happen in space. Compared to other systems, we're not uh, going around Earth and up to space and back. Back to our small farmer with a modem. The satellite comes by and sends information. And then another satellite comes in because they take turns. And this is point to point, a point to point link. So it's going to be a highly secure tool. Of course, you can't not predict the future. You brilliant engineers are uh, computer wizards will find a way, but that's all I can say right now. And I can't get into uh, classified detail on encryption. Uh, we don't want to um, bring up all the firewalls. Thank you. A question from Ms. Florence Gabé. Good morning, Colonel. You work with the Campus des Mineurs NGO uh, and Jackie Pamar here present. How can the foundation tools uh, support education? Like I said earlier, the solutions can be seen from the technical aspect or from the point of view of content. I know that the Campus of Mediators works in certain countries where it's very hard to communicate. So we'll be able to help you access communication channels. That's the first thing. And secondly, regarding content, I think that with the Campus de Mediata, we can see what content we could work on for your students to prepare your students uh, regarding future technology. Of course, there's age, level, and background issues to take into account. We'll have to work on this at a separate session. I can't answer this right now because there are too many parameters. We can have how can we help uh, Campus de Mediata? For what program, what curriculum, what children, where, what age? We'll have to address all these parameters and see what Thea can do for you. Let me add something about the Campus de Mediata. We are working on mapping and everything will be explained in the presentation by Jackie Pamar around three o'clock. If you want the full answer to this, you can have it then. And Serge Moradi had a question. I just wanted to add something to the previous question about data access and security. Like Serge just said, there's a technical framework for this that secures the data in terms of telecommunications, encryption, and encryption. Uh, 
as well as the supply of data, as providing data. We might understand we won't have access to raw data. We'll have access to analyzed data, which will limit the field of investigation. And there's another level, there's the legal framework with a space law because data belongs to whoever produces it. And the one who uses the analyzed data must comply with the uh, legislation in effect in the local country, especially in terms of G GDPR. So that's the level of protection we know in our different countries. And I think uh, Thea knows. Yeah, we just mentioned raw data versus analyzed data. The raw data, that's our sensors that collect uh, signals and store them. And then the analyzed data or the service means you process all the raw data and we tell you plant rice, water your garden, etc. And then let's digress somewhat. In the general policy of the company, we have two categories. We have clients and partners. The, and then uh, the partners are countries, so it will help us fund the constellation. They have access to the raw data. Why? I mean, of course, they could just use a service, but they can have access to the raw data so that they can develop with their engineers and universities different capacities and abilities. So access to the raw data for non-partner country non-partner countries will have will not have access to raw data. It's only to uh, uh, services by subscription, but countries that are partners will receive the raw data, the process data, and the applications we design. I'm not giving you a commercial presentation here. I just want to tell you how it's going to be organized. There'll be clients and partners. Client, a client is someone who buys a service from us, for example. The Deutsche Bank asks us to monitor uh, Deutsche Bahn to monitor the rails and SNC or SNCF could ask the same thing to make sure the, the, the cables aren't stolen. So this is going to be a service we sell 24-7. That's a customer service. And then a partner, the, the concept is quite different. The country that joins us to uh, develop the constellation becomes a partner and as such has access to knowledge and to, they'll, they'll receive the raw data and so they can develop capacity locally with the engineers. So this can be an opportunity for a number of countries where they have smart youth. I'm thinking of Jordan or Tunisia with a lot of engineers out of work. There are many places like this. In Latin America, it's the same. There's a lot of uh, unused, untapped capacities. So there are partners who want to put their youth to work, smart youth interested in these fields, and this can be 
this can lead to a boom in innovation. Fifteen percent. We've only thought up fifteen percent of applications. So you see, that's there remains eighty-five percent. Thank you, Serge. Any other question? To add to what you just explained. Uh, in your company's philosophy, do you have specific criteria to help you choose your partner countries? Question from uh, Frédéric Bedos. Well, this is moving away from the foundation, but uh, partner countries are countries that volunteer to become partners, and they are partners to deploy the constellation so they become financial partners and so the limit is the ability to fund if they can't do it alone they have to find support and it might be a group of small countries getting together to answer your country, your question a partner country is a country that volunteers that can come up with a fund funds and uh, work with us the data center we build uh there takes two years to build and we'll give them two planes in the package the planes fly and so we train their people as to what is data how do you store it and we are going to teach them so the partner countries will benefit from the training from thorian well do your criteria involve? Do you choose countries with certain political regimes open or not? Because they're going to be having access to raw data and knowledge. Well, we are closely monitored. We're under close watch of, um, of the U.S. authorities, and it's only fair. We, we would have had to we can send the names of the 750 people who are logged on, but we're closely monitored. So partner countries have to present themselves. So the American authorities are informed and then they tell us whether it's possible or not. Of course, some countries shouldn't even bother asking. Some countries might not be so clear, and, and the U.S. government decides. I'll say you can work with this partner country or not. So far, we've been approached by different countries. They were all on the right side, so so no one's been turned down so far. But doesn't mean it won't happen. This is an important question. To be, and that's decided by uh, uh, others, not us. We don't work with who we want, but who we were allowed to work with. Thank you, Serge. Once again, I want to thank Marlene Brolin, who shed light on a lot of these topics. Serge, do you want to continue? Let's go to the last page. I guess we are nearing lunch time. Okay, so you, some of you feel alone. We're 
have 750 to 800 people uh, who are with us online. And we have questions. Unfortunately, there was a technical glitch with English and French in some countries where they weren't receiving the English interpretation. We tried to fix it. I hope it was fixed. Hope it's all right now. So don't think it's just us here in the room. We have at least 700 people with us online. So I want to thank them in particular, the president of a certain country who will know who he is. So this is accessible conference. People are interested uh, because that's quite a lot of people with us. And then we'll see how things go this afternoon. There haven't been uh, change, too many changes, not too many people logging in or logging out. So there's 700 to 800 people. So soon we're going to break for lunch. And then we are going to address other topics. It won't be me, it won't be just me. You're probably tired of hearing from me. Serge Borelli will talk about risk control. Florence will talk about uh, prosperity and sustainability with Christina Longhi. And then we'll have Jackie Pamar talk to us about education with Campus for Natural Resources. We're going to have the Zia Foundation with Sophie and Jean-Félix. And for peace and security, we have General Lizere, who was the former head of the gendarmerie and general lot well known at the who's well known at the UN and earlier we had a call from general Kim who used to work with us with campus who who couldn't join us because he was busy with his work so you see we have a lot of uh, high quality um, presenters this afternoon and they'll tell us everything that can be done with the Thea Foundation, all the good things you can done with the Thea Foundation. Okay, I think I said enough. Thank you, Serge. Let's suspend the meeting. We will not be locking the room through for lunch. So I suggest you take your belongings with you. We're going to have lunch at the cafeteria. Just follow us. We will resume at two or three we had said three o'clock three o'clock it is thank you have a good lunch there, I'll have a good lunch.